Well, we've been going through a series where we've been asking ourselves, what does it look like for us to pray like Jesus? And, and the neat thing about Jesus is that he, he doesn't leave us within, without instructions. You know, he, he didn't just do what he was called to do, live a perfect life that we all should have lived, die on the cross for our death in our place, and then say, okay, well, now you have to figure it out. No, he, he gave us some teachings about how we are to live life and how we are to relate to God as our Father. And, and so de- today we're going to continue in our series, Pray Like Jesus, and we're going to talk about our bread. Uh, I love bread. Um, bread. You know, I think it's significant that bread is in the Bible. Um, I understand that we live in a, in a world where bread is not always a positive thing, but we're going to pretend like it is today. You know, we're going to think about warm rolls coming out of the, or going by Great Harvest Bread Company and getting some apple scrapple. And, and if you can't relate to that, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, this is in the Bible. <laughs> so I'm kind of Jesus juking you, but here we are. Um, so we're going to read the Lord's Prayer one more time. Everybody stand up with me if you could. If you're online, you can join us still. We're going to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. You don't have to say the pray this part. We're going, to, we're going to say this as a prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we all have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us. And we thank you that we can come to you as Father. God, in this corporate environment, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us as we reflect on your word. And consider what it means to ask you for our daily bread. God, I pray that that our faith would rise and that we would see that you are a good father, that you're a good, good father, and that you desire to provide for the needs of your children. We pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our big brother. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. You know, it's, it's one short verse, but there is a lot that's packed into what's being said. He says, give us this day our daily bread. And, and depending on your translation, you, it might say something like our needful bread. Uh, the word itself is a little challenging, daily, or yes, uh, our, our daily bread. But it has this idea, our bread for today. And here Jesus is telling us, okay, this is how you relate to God your Father. You know, he, he had just spent the last two verses talking kind of in really expansive categories about who God is. Our Father where? In heaven. Ruling and reigning, managing creation. I, I love that Pastor Jermaine mentioned uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, because it talks of just the, the universal, uh, cosmic awesomeness of God. I mean, he is, he's huge. He's big. He's all-encompassing. Somehow he is, he's keeping the orientation of the stars and, and, and the moon and, and all of this stuff in his mind. And he's, he's amazing, our Father in heaven. 
And then we prayed, hallowed be your name, or let your name be set apart and considered holy and separate in all areas of life, in my own personal life and in the world at large. You know, among the stars, on Mars, I'm not trying to be a poet, but um, in, in all of these areas, God is being lifted up as glorious. His name and everything that it represents is being hallowed. And we're praying, would you hallow it in our lives as well? And here, he goes on, he says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, you know, there's a kingdom, there's, there's a rule, there's a reign that has been established and it, and it exists in heaven. There are no renegades in heaven. They've all been kicked out. And he says, let that reign and rule be established on earth. And then we go from that, that vast and expansive expression of God's awesomeness and his, his ruling and reigning, and we come and ask this humble thing, give us this day our daily bread. And, and I love this request because it is so very intimate. This is not the request of, of a uh, an individual to a distant, transcendent, faraway God. This is the request of a little kid to their dad. So we'll see in, in this verse that, that we are to acknowledge our dependence on God, that we're to embrace that we're his children in Christ, and we're to expect him to respond. I'll say that again. We're going to acknowledge that we're dependent on God. We're going to embrace that we're his children in Christ and we're going to expect that he'll respond to us. The verse says this, give us this day our daily bread. Give it to us. What we have to assume is that we can't make it ourselves. And I, I know that some of you, you're like, I can make bread. I, I've got yeast and I've got dough and I've got water and, you know, the bread maker or whatever. You know, I, I've... Bread makers are, are those, those kinds of um, appliances that I feel like people buy because they, they have a moment and they smell fresh bread and they're like, I'm doing this. And for a week, you have amazing fresh bread that just goes bad because you, don't, you can't eat it quickly enough. And then after that, you're like, this, I'm just going to go buy some bread. <laughs> but, but bread, even if we make it ourselves, we still have to gather the ingredients. We have to gather the flour and we have to gather the, we'll get the water and, and the, the, whatever the leaven is, the yeast. And, and even if you were to be a farmer, which I can safely assume that most of you are not growing your own wheat, if we were to grow our own wheat and mill it ourselves, you still would have to be trusting in what? The ground to provide, the, the sun and the moon and, and the water and all of these elements that you have no control over. The reality is we are dependent you and I are dependent. Now, we, we live in a culture that celebrates and lauds our independence. We have a holiday called Independence Day, and I'm thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. We, we have a, a reputation as Americans in, in the world as, as kind of being renegades, mavericks, on our own, army of one. We talked about this before when we talked about this idea of the corporate nature of our faith. But part of that, that reality is that we think we can do it on our own, right? If you work hard enough, 
You sacrifice enough. You can do it on your own. And at the same time, you go unconscious pretty much for a third of your life. You get to a point at the end of the day when you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then you just let your brain do whatever it does when you go to sleep. We have some good ideas about what it does, but, but honestly, you're not there to observe what happens when you sleep. Your spouse may be, and they may complain about you and, you know, turnover or, you know, whatever. They, they're aware of it, but you're not aware of it. And it's kind of silly for us to talk about, but, but the reality is we're so dependent that we can't even control our consciousness. Now, you may be able to do it for a period of time, you know. I know that some of you are in your 20s and you're like, I can do an all-nighter or two all-nighters, and that's great. Wait until you get 30, turn 30, and then you're, that, that changes. You get older and it changes more, and, and your body becomes more powerful at saying no. <laughs> We're dependent. I mean, if you've, ever, if you've ever tried to fast, you know, we had a corporate fast pretty, pretty recently. We're dependent on food. And if I'm being honest, I'm dependent on food not only physically, but kind of emotionally. Pretty emotionally. I mean, I probably, I probably garner a lot more joy out of a bowl of noodles than I ought to. And I probably experience a lot more sorrow or the lack thereof, again, than I ought to. And if I were to go three days without drinking water, I would cease to be alive. I am not independent. We are not independent. We are dependent. And he puts us here and we come to God, but I, I want us to step back and realize that we have to come to God because only God is independent. I mean, just to, just to nerd out for a little bit, the word itself, independent, doesn't mean anything apart from our understanding of what? Dependence. Right? We have to say, well, you know what dependency is? You know how you have to have the, he's not that. Right? There's not a positive definition that we have to describe his independence, except that it's separated from our need for, you know, our need for things. A lot of God's characteristics are like that, right? His, his infinity we don't really know what that is except to say, okay, we'll take a, a finite amount of time and then add another finite amount of time and then just keep doing that for a long time and that begins to describe God's infinite nature. He is independent. He is the only being in all of creation that, that doesn't need. He do, not just that he doesn't need something, he doesn't have need. And so we come to the one who doesn't have need to acknowledge our need. Now, that could be, that be, that could be kind of scary. I, I, I don't know your experience of your parents or, or adults in your life as you grew up, but you might have experienced some people who, or, or maybe it's at work and you, know, you need this resource, and, and people use your need as leverage you know, this, this prayer might be a, a challenging prayer to you because you feel like, I, I have to be independent because I, I can't trust anyone else to, pend up, to depend upon. But who are we speaking to? We're not just speaking to God. We're speaking to what? Our 
Father. We're speaking to our Father. And it's to our Father that we pray, give us this day our daily bread. That changes the conversation. You know, one of my children really likes sweets, and she gets, well, I just sold her out, I'm sorry. She gets that from me. Very honestly, I have no problems waking up in the morning, not drinking any water, and just, oh, there's chocolate, I need to eat that. Like, pretty consistently. Not a wise thing, I don't, anyways, judge me or not. <laughs> I have a sweet tooth. And, and she does as well. And, and she will come to me and sometimes ask, you know, can I have this? And I'm like, well, no, you know, we got to have, you know, real food first. <laughs> and we got to make sure we can time this so that when you get, you know, the results of the sugar that you're asking for, that, that we can manage those things. You know, kids get excited about sugar, and afterwards they get excited because of sugar. But she'll ask and she'll ask. And at some point, I, I usually will relent because I love my daughter. And I want her to have the things that she wants. Now, if she were to come with like, hey, can I have the knife or, you know, can I have this big sledgehammer? You know, I might ask why because that would be an interesting conversation. But I don't know that I would say yes because I love her. But when, when what she wants lines up with, with what I want to benefit her with, uh, I will give it to her because I love her. And I am not a great father. But our father is a great father. Jesus goes on to say that uh, nearly as much. It, he, he talks about... The, the people around him, and he says to them, if you who are evil, he doesn't mince words, he says, if you are evil, will we'll give your son or daughter bread, when they ask for bread, instead of giving them a rock, how much more will God give you what is good? He says, our Father, give us this day our daily bread. We need God to provide. But he goes on, and he says, Give us this day our daily bread. And again, this is the prayer that, that Jesus has an expectation that we're going to be praying more, than, more often than once every six months. More often than, oh no, there's, the bank account says zero, my bills say more than zero, let me talk to God. There's an expectation on Jesus' part that we're coming to him, we're coming to God the Father and, and saying on a, on a consistent continual basis, hey, would you give me my daily bread? You know, I go back to my relationship with my kids. I see them every day. And it would be really weird if I just didn't see them one day. That would be a very strange thing. You know, parents, imagine your four-year-old just not talking to you that whole day. That would be weird for some of you are like, please, yes. But it would be strange, regardless of whether or not that's something you desire at some level. Because, because the way that children relate to their, their parents is, is one of need and constant interaction. Continuous interaction. Even, even if they're at school or they're in childcare and, and you don't pick them up till four or five, when you get, in, when you get them, a lot of times it's like, give me the food and let me tell you what Sally did. Or I can't believe Billy did this. Or, you know, I'm frustrated about X. But they talk to you. He says, give me today my daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. You know, we talk about our dependency and we embrace that we're his children. 
part of embracing that we're as children is embracing the fact that as, as people who are dependent, we have needs. You know, you have needs. I have needs. We have things that, that God has placed in our lives as needs. And sometimes I think that we, we think that when something, when, when a need arises, that bad thing, what have I done? You know, oh, you know, the, the car broke down. Um, you know, <laughs> Billy needs to buy a new outfit for school because it's uh, new outfit day. And all the kids are going to be wearing new outfits. It's all orange. The next day it's going to be purple. And after that, you're going to have to dress in, you know, chartreuse and, and um, houndstooth. I don't know, something ridiculous. And so you have all these things that, that kind of explode into your life, and you're thinking to yourself, what have I done, God, that you would allow these things to happen to me? And what's entirely possible is that God allows need to enter into your life, allows you to become aware of the need that you have, so that what? So that you will go to him. You may not be doing anything wrong in finding yourself in a place of need. You may be exactly where God wants you to be because he's setting you up to ask for provision so that he might provide. You know, I've had conversations with my kids where they, you know, they've, they've said, you know, I want this and I want that. And they're not in a mean way. I've got, I got great kids. They're, they're really sweet. But maybe they say they want this, but they're like, well, I know, you know. And they almost talk about it as if they've already asked me and I've said no. And, and I have this moment where I'm like, just just ask. And I'm just waiting because I want them to ask because I want them to know that when they ask, I hear them, I listen, and I provide. And again, I'm, I'm not the best dad. God is the best dad. And he, he helps us to see our need so that we might be able to respond. And then he says this, give us this day our daily bread. Right? We're, we're highlighting different parts of, of what's being said. As a, just a complete side note, when you read the Bible and you're trying to understand what it means, sometimes it can be good and encouraging and helpful to emphasize every single word and see how that changes the meaning. Right? This is completely, I mean, it's related because this is what I'm doing. But, but it, when you're reading Scripture and you're like, I don't, what's the significance here? Right? Give us this day our daily bread. Okay. Well, okay, well, give us this day our daily bread. Okay, that means to give because we don't have, because we're dependent. And you begin to think and, and meditate and, and meaning comes out of it, right? We're, we're drawing out what it says. Give us this day. And that's what we're about to talk about. Uh, this day, give us this day. We need things today. God wants us to come to him today, right? As you're reading scripture, I would encourage you to do that, to use that as a way of, of drawing out what scripture has to say. Anyways, he says, give us this day our daily bread. There's something about our need, there's something about your need that, that ought to stir up a desire to meet the needs of others. I don't know if you grew up like this, some of you are growing up and your parents are like, eat that, there are some kids in China who don't have food. I don't know if that's offensive, but that, that's a thing that my parents would say, right? Eat that, to the point that I, I feel obligated to, to make sure my plate is clean, or maybe that's what I, the excuse I use. But, but I still, that, that still is with me. Eat that because other people have needs. And, 
you know, I think my parents were trying to help me be thankful and, and thoughtful, but there's something there about recognizing that, that when I have a need in front of me, it's an opportunity for me to recognize that other people have needs. And can you imagine the kind of community we would have when, when you bump up against the end of the month and you realize you've got, you've got more month than you have money? That in that moment, instead of freaking out, you begin to pray for other people who are in the same position as you? Not necessarily even being able to do a lot about it. Like, I've got, here, I've got three pennies. You have one, you have one. You know, we're all three pennies richer or one penny richer. But, but God wants to knit us together. And part of the way he does that is he says, you've got a burden, you've got a burden, you've got a burden. Get together and hold it. Get together and hold it. You know, there are some tasks that however strong you are, however mighty you are, how much you can lift, you just can't do it with more, without more than one person. You can't lift it without more than one person. But with two people, it becomes easy. Three people, it becomes a joke. That's, that's the way that God has envisioned for church life to be. When you come to church, it's not just so you can stare at some guy talk to you about the Bible, although it's important to hear, hear about the Bible, but it's so that we might take these words and, and think to ourselves, okay, what are my needs this week? And then begin to pray, you know, I know that this person, they have a similar need. I'm going to pray for them. God, would you, would you bless them? Would you show yourself to be great to them? Would you allow me to, to um, be an encouragement to them? Also knowing that people are doing the same thing for you. They're like, you know what, I know that, this, I know that he needs this. I'm going to pray for him. I'm, I'm standing with him. You know, I'm going to call him. Hey, I prayed for you. I'm, I'm standing with you. I'm, you know, if there's anything you need, let me know. Give us this day our daily bread. In seven words, he, he compels us to acknowledge our dependence, to embrace that we're his children, and ultimately to expect him to respond. To expect him to respond. You know, in, in I believe it's in Luke, there's a story, we, we talk about it often, I think, but you have, you have the, the father of, I'm going to go there real quick. It's like his name right now. I think it's Zechariah. Yep, Zechariah. You have the father of John the Baptist. He's an old man, he's, he's married, and they're, they're, they don't have any children. And so he has been praying and praying and praying, God, would you give us a child? Would you give us a, God, would you please grant that my wife might get pregnant and we could have a child? God, we, we just desire to, to care for a little baby. And they pray and they pray and they pray and what happens? An angel shows up and tells them, your answers, your prayers have been answered. To which Zechariah responds, wait, but how am I going to know? And it's interesting because on, on, on the surface, uh, the angel goes to both Mary and tells her that she's going to be pregnant and tells Zechariah that his wife is going to be pregnant, and they both say how in the English. But in, in the original language, it's slightly different. With Mary, she's asking because, like, I don't know how that works because science, right? She knows enough to know that that's not a thing for a young girl who is not had those kind of relationships with a man. And so he, the, the angel answers honestly. But for Zechariah, it's this cynical like, okay, but how? 
And the reality is he had been asking and asking and asking, but he had not had an expectation on the back end. He was asking for something that was perfectly legitimate. But he, 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 didn't, he didn't think that God would provide. It wasn't that he was being, he wasn't being presumptuous in his request. He was asking that his wife would be healed and that she would be able to bear a child as, as a normal functioning female body is supposed to do. He was asking for something that was within his father's will. And his, his father answers, yes. And because he didn't have an expectation, he, had to, <laughs> he was silenced until the baby was born. When we pray, God expects that we would expect him to answer. When we pray a, a, a prayer that, that fits within the revealed will that he's given us, he expects that we will expect him to do what he does. Why? Because he's good. And when he makes promises, he makes good on those promises. And when we say, God, I'm going to ask you for this. I know you've promised it. I'll ask. But I don't believe you'll do it. What we're saying is, I don't think you're good. Now, some of you, you're in this position where you've been asking. You know, I, I think we often come up to the very real reality that, hey, I'm a Christian. I've been praying. God, please provide. And we come up against obstacles where we're tempted to say, God, I don't, I don't see your provision. And that's a moment to go back and see what it says. Pray. <laughs> Keep praying. Keep believing. We, we live in a very pragmatic society and a very, very quick turnaround society that would say, if you do something and it doesn't produce results, you know, in a day or two, it doesn't have a good return on investment quickly, then you need to find another solution. And some of you, you're in a position where you, you've got needs, but you haven't expressed them to your father. But some of you, you're in a place where you've expressed needs to your father and, and you're beginning to become hopeless or feel like maybe he's not hearing me. Maybe he's not believing me. Maybe he doesn't care about me. And the, the, the reality is he does. And I just want to encourage you, keep asking. Keep believing. Keep praying. There are some things that God is, is willing to take years on. We're to expect him to respond. What happens when we pray this way? When we pray this way, we, we get to remind ourselves of how, though we're dependent, God is independent and he's able. When we pray this way, we're able to remember that we're children and we have a good father. I love the song, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's, that's who he is. It's not, that's not a jacket he puts on. Right? It's not like he created creation and he thought, you know what? Mm, I should probably be a good, good father. Let me go. I'm going to create fatherhood and I'm going to be a good. No, that's, that's in his nature. As much as God is God, he is a good, good father. He's a good father. When you, when you pray this way, you're, you're able to remember, you're being reminded that he's a good father. And when you pray this way, you can believe that he will answer your prayers. 
Now, he says needs. He doesn't say Ferraris. <laughs> Give us this day our daily Ferrari. Much to my, my son's chagrin. Give us this day my daily convenience. Give us this day my daily uh, work around to the terrible choice that I made that is contra to what the Bible says, right? You know, there, there are other things that the Bible says about how we use the resources that God gives us, and when we choose to not use them in a way that, that God intends, sometimes He disciplines us. But, but even then, God is so faithful. I mean, I, I remember when I was in my 20s, and I was, I was dating Mary at the time, and, and I had a job, like I had a real job. I was working as a system administrator, IT guy, making decent money. And I don't have any of that money. <laughs> it's all gone. Because I bought food. Like, I didn't cook. I, I, I went from being, like, flush, and we'd go out to eat. Um, it didn't matter where we went. They had a thing. It was a French dip. I liked it a lot. Anyways, from there to, like, Gwaltney hot dogs for weeks on end. Like, 12 for $2. You, you microwave it, you, you cook it on the stove, you cut them in half, melt American cheese on it, and I can't look at Gwaltney hot dogs anymore. I, it's not a thing. But I mean, in, in that moment, even when I was being foolish, you know what God did? He provided. Because <laughs> at no point did I go hungry. At no point did I go hungry. Now, there were moments where I, you know, I had to eat Gwaltney hot dogs. My roommate had to eat. He went on a deviled egg um, binge because eggs are super cheap. Get some, get some mayonnaise and deviled eggs for weeks. I don't, we must have smelled terrible. I, I can't imagine what our household was like. It was the household of two knuckle-headed college kids. But God was so faithful. And in the midst of that, you know, he called me to China for a mission trip, and I had a legitimate need, and, and I prayed and pursued support, and I've told this story before, but, you know, I, I felt like God had called me. This was on the menu, as it were, right? I'm, I'm not asking for something off the menu. God, please provide, and I, I, was, I, was, the week, I was a week away, and I was over $1,000 away, or maybe it was about $1,000, but it was, it was a significant amount of money for a college student who fails to plan, Side note, we have an FBU class that comes up periodically. College students take it. Be better than me. <laughs> um, but I was in this moment where I had need, and I just remember talking to some of my friends and, and us getting together and praying and then getting a, a, an envelope with a handmade card and someone who had said, you know, God bless your, your trip. And it, it had cash in it. I mean, $1,000. I don't think I had seen that much cash in ever. Because again, food. Um, and God provided. And I've got testimony after testimony after testimony. If you ask, you know, Pastor Jermaine, ask Pastor JC, ask anyone who's walked with the Lord for any significant amount of time, what you will find is that when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, God says, I would love to. I would love to. And, and if you're in a place, family, where you feel a little bit of cynicism there, feel a little bit little burned, can I just encourage you that he's a good father. He loves you. 
You know, in, in Romans chapter 8, it says this, talking about all the things that, that, that Paul has said. What shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then he says this in verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now that all things isn't, isn't a smorgasbord of whatever. That all things is all things that we need to succeed and walk in the destiny that God has for us. Jesus has been given by our Father. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only Son. God showed his love that he gave. He gave. He gave so much. He gave his Son. And not in some like, go hang out with him, it'll be a totally awesome way. But he gave his Son as a sacrifice. A bloody, painful, undeserved Shameful sacrifice. He gave him as a sacrifice. Why? Because he loves us. Because he's a good father. And, and, and I love that we sang, you know, Jesus at the center. Because when you put Jesus right at the center, and you remember that Jesus is the sacrifice that God gave, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to come to God as a good father. And may I suggest that if you struggle to come to God as a good father, maybe it's because you haven't seen and appreciated the extent to which he went to bring you in. He's a good father. What happens when we pray this way? We acknowledge our dependency. We acknowledge that, hey, I don't have it all, and God, you do have it all. We, we embrace that we're his children You know, we, we hear the sounds of children and it's the sound of people who need their parents. Right? That's the sound that God wants to hear from us. He's pleased by that. You know, I think, honestly, he's pleased by you going and saying, God, I can't do this. I'm at my ends. I'm at my wit's end, my week's end, my month's end, my money's end. I'm at the end. Pastor Eddie said, give me you know, pray this, give me my daily bread. That's what I'm coming for. I think that pleases him. He's a good father and he's happy to hear you come to him. It's his job. It's my job to pay for my, my kids' needs. It's my job to, to provide for them. It's my job to make sure they have food and clothes and shelter. That's my job. If I don't do that job, I'm a, I'm a bad father. God is not a bad father. He's a good father. When we pray like this, we can expect him to respond. He's a good father. The reality is this, that, that, that this all happens when we come into a relationship with God because we've trusted in his son. And maybe you're here and you don't relate to God as father because you don't relate to Jesus as savior and Lord. I quoted it, John. John says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world he loved the world in this way, that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ. And, and that giving was to give him to live a perfect life that you and I should have lived, to die a death on the cross that we all deserve, and to rise again, defeating Satan, sin, and death, so that we might be able to call, call God our good, good father. If that's you, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your 
Lord, the one who's master of your life, and as Savior, the one who takes away the penalty for the sin that we all have, the disobedience, the, the punishment that we all deserve because of the bad things that we have done. Today's the day to trust in Jesus. Today's the day to, to say, I, I turn away from everything I know to be sin, and I turn to you, Jesus. Today's the day to be able to look at God, to metaphorically look at God, and say, you're a good, good father. You're my good, good father. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. If you want to just raise your hand, we're going to bow our heads as we begin to pray and end this service. And while heads are bowed and people aren't paying attention, you can just put your hand up in the air. There's nothing magical in the, in the process of putting your hand up in the air, but it's an opportunity to respond to what God is doing in your life. If you're online, you can click the button to connect you to one of our hosts. And I just encourage you to pray this way. God, I recognize my need that I am a sinner, I have broken your rules, your laws, your commands, and that there is a just and righteous punishment that I deserve, but I trust in Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross for my sins in my place. I turn away from everything I know to be sin and I turn to you and ask that you would help me to live a life worthy of the name Son of God, worthy of the name Daughter of God. If that's you, would you if, you're, if that's you and you're in this room, would you come down to the altar after service and pray with one of our people? We'd like to just connect with you and help you walk this out. And if you're online, please talk to one of our hosts, one of our hosts and let us know because we want to help you walk this out. God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you're a good father. We thank you that when we pray and ask that you are willing to answer. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.